So today we are start, starting a new message series called Blessed, because I want to be blessed in the year 2021. It would be helpful if I could find the right notes. Is this them? Yes, here we go. I want to be blessed in the year 2021. And so we're starting a new series called Blessed, and this one, this title, the title for today is called Decide to be Blessed. Decide to be blessed. Do you know, very often God has blessings for us, but we never actually make a decision. And sometimes we do make a decision, but maybe the circumstances around us or the people around us put us off. And um, like, it's like the guy shouting, Jesus, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me, the blind guy. And everyone told him to shut up. He was disturbing things, you know? Be quiet, you're disturbing things. And uh, he kept shouting. He had made a decision. He was going to get healed that day. And he shouted until he got Jesus' attention, and Jesus healed him by the power of the Holy Spirit. We have to make a decision that we are going to be blessed. And so we're going to look this, at the beginning of this year at a lot of different blessings. You know, one of, one of the blessings that we're going to look at. You know, today, we, we don't have any children's ministry today, so my job today is to try and get all the little kids to think I am interesting so that they will listen as well. But, you know, see if they don't. See if they wriggle around in their seats and projectile vomit and stuff like that that kids do. We're going to find out in a few weeks that one of the blessings that God gives is children. Very often, we look, at we look at God's blessings the wrong way. We look at, you know, children. I'm taking the children someplace to church. It's hard work. Very often, we look at, oh, God's going to open a new door of opportunity for your career. It's hard work. We need to stop looking at life as hard work and rather as divine opportunities that have come our way that if we make a decision to step through that open door of divine opportunity, you will be blessed. And so we're going to look at all of these kind of things today, but what I want to start off by saying is this. Right now, at the beginning of a new year, is usually when people make New Year's resolutions. And then by the 21st of January, they've broken all their New Year's resolutions. So I've got a suggestion to make. Instead of making New Year's resolutions, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that and I'm going to stop doing this and stop doing that. How about we just make a decision, I will walk in all of the blessings of God this year, whatever they may be, and whatever direction he may lead me, I am deciding that this year I'm walking in blessings, and no one is going to hold me back. And church, I'm talking about us as a church community, and you as an individual, and all the families that are represented here. This year... 
the Gateway community. I am believing that we're gonna be blessed this year more than we've been blessed any other year. I'm believing that more people are gonna to come to faith in Christ through the ministry of this church than have happened in any other year. I'm believing more people are gonna get baptized in this tank this year than any other year we've had. I am believing and deciding that more people are gonna be baptized in the Holy Spirit, experience spiritual gifts, and be drawn deeper in prayer and worship than we have ever experienced before. I'm believing more people are gonna be healed, more miracles are ha gonna happen, and more prayers are gonna be answered this year in this church than we have experienced in any year before. I am believing that I'm going to be blessed this year, that my mind is going to be filled with peace, my heart is going to be filled with love, my life is going to be filled with joy, my bank account's going to be filled with money, my home's going to be filled with laughter, everything that God has got for me, here, here I am, Lord, pour it out. I am ready to be blessed this year. Do I have any other people to join me in this? Now you might say, well, that's a bit presumptuous, just deciding you're going to be blessed. What if God doesn't want to bless you? Well, you're too late for that because I've already read the book. So I know what God wants to do. So I just want to show you some things here. We're going to start with the Old Testament, then go to the New Testament. We're going to start off with a very well-known passage of Scripture. It's a long, long chapter. We're going to read a lot of it, but we can't read it all. It's Deuteronomy chapter 28. And so let's have a look at the beginning of it. Now, just before we read it, I want you to imagine past, present, and future. This is a timeline here, right? So way back here in the past, a few hundred years before this, there's a man called Abraham. And God speaks to Abraham, and God makes a covenant with Abraham, and God says to Abraham, I am going to bless you. I am going to bless you so much that you and your descendants will be overflowing with blessings. In fact, you will be so blessed that you will end up being a blessing to everybody else. Now, God doesn't really detail there to Abraham what all the blessings are. He mentions that having children is gonna be one of the blessings and his, his ancestors will inherit, the, or his descendants will inherit the promised land um, and that's a blessing. But he doesn't tell us what all the blessings are but there's these blessings, they're called the blessings of Abraham and they're given to him and all his descendants. And um, so then a few hundred years later, here's all the children of Israel, all the offspring of Abraham, there's loads of them, hundreds of thousands now, and they have a leader called Moses. And Moses leads them out to the wilderness and God renews and enlarges that promise. And he says, you know all the promises I gave to Abraham? I'm gonna list them now but they're contingent in obeying me. If you obey me, you get the blessings of Abraham. If you don't obey me, you get something else. 
the curses of the law. So let's have a look at this. Deuteronomy 28. If you faithfully obey, now you're going to see the word obey and obedience come up a lot. I'm not going to deal with that today. We'll talk about that another week. But if you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully keep all his commandments that I am giving you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the world. You will experience all these blessings if you obey the Lord your God. And then he lists them. Let's go on. He says here, your towns and fields will be blessed. Your children and your crops will be blessed. Uh, the offspring of your herds and flocks will be blessed. Your fruit baskets will be blessed. Your breadboards will be blessed. Wherever you go and whatever you do, you will be, I mean, that's really the only sentence you need, isn't it? Wherever you go and whatever you do, you will be blessed. But he doesn't stop there. He keeps going. He says, uh, the Lord will conquer your enemies when they attack you. Have you ever felt, maybe in 2020, you felt like you were surrounded on all sides by things that were pressing in on your life and oppressing you? Wouldn't it be good for the Lord to just chase them all away? He says here, the Lord will guarantee a blessing on everything you do. The dot, dot, dots are because there's a whole paragraph after each one of these sentences explaining it even more. You should read it sometime. He says, the Lord your God will bless you in the land he's giving you. The Lord will give you prosperity in the land he swore to you. You know, we'll talk about that prosperity another week because that's a controversial one. But hey, why? Because there it's right there. I'll if you don't want that one, I'll take yours as well as mine. Thank you, Lord. Okay, let's read on. He says, but if you refuse to listen to the Lord your God and do not obey all the commands and decrees I am giving you today, all these curses will come upon you and overwhelm you. And then he lists all the stuff in your life that you don't want. He says, your towns and fields will be cursed. Your fruit baskets and breadboards will be cursed. Your fruit basket's going to get fruit flies and your breadboard's going to get blue mold, you know? And then, I mean, actually, literally, there's, um, we're not reading it, but there's even a verse there saying you'll get mildew in your house, you know? So it's all that kind of stuff. Your children and your crops will be cursed. The offspring of your herds and flocks will be cursed. Wherever you go and whatever you do, you will be cursed. You will plant much but harvest little. You will invest all your money into a sure thing and the company will go bankrupt. You know, it's that kind of deal. Let's read on. The Lord will afflict you with every sickness and plague there is, even those not mentioned in this book of instruction, until you are destroyed. Though you become as numerous as the stars in the sky, few of you will be left because you would not listen to the Lord your God. Next, your life will constantly hang in the balance. You will live night and day in fear of the Rona. Unsure, doesn't say that, I just added that in. Unsure if you will survive. In the morning you would say, oh, that it were night. And in the evening you will say, oh, that it were morning. For you will be terrified by the awful horrors you see around you. 
let's read on. Today, now look at this, here we go. Today, this is God speaking, I have given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and curses, now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. You have to make the choice. You need to decide whether this year you are gonna walk in the path of blessings or you're gonna walk in the path of curses. I call heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. And then, just in case we're too dim to know which is the right choice, God's kind of like, I'll help you out here. The right choice is to choose life, okay? Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. Now, how do I make this choice? You can make this choice by loving the Lord your God, obeying him, and committing yourself firmly to him. It's kind of like, if we wanted to put this into Jesus' language, it would kind of be like this. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and everything else you need will be given to you. Or to put it in this language, make the choice by loving the Lord your God, obeying him, and committing yourself firmly to him. Today, we're going to commit ourselves firmly to the Lord. And then he says, this is the key to your life. If you want to know what the key to life is, there's a whole load of books and courses out there that will tell you, but God is telling us here what the key to our life is. The key to our life is knowing that we belong to him being fully committed to him and then walking in the path that he has laid out for our lives and enjoying all of the blessings that he has left along that path for us. And so that is the key to our life. So the other day on Friday, I drove off with this on the roof of my car and it fell off someplace. And I got it back a day and a half later, somebody found it, but it's now opening and closing and doing all kinds of things on its own that I don't want it to do. So I'm gonna take my phone out. <laughs> it has not been lying out all night. Okay, there we go. This is the key to your life. Now, it's kind of like this, it's kind of like you have been given a bunch of keys. And these keys, they look interesting. I mean, it's possible that they could open a big treasure chest. On the other hand, maybe they, maybe they could open a torture dungeon in a castle or something like that. I mean, like, they're interesting and a bit scary at the same time, these keys, right? Big old keys. And it's like you've been given these keys. And these keys are basically the choices that you make in life. 
Now you can use this key and you can open this door here and all you're doing is opening the door to everything that you do not want in your life. I don't want this. I don't want that. I don't want the next thing. I don't want all the stuff that's in that room. But for some reason or other, I just can't resist the temptation of at least going a little bit into that room. But did you see how it's a whole list? You know, have you ever experienced this in life? A bad thing happens to you, and then it leads to another bad thing, and another bad thing, and another bad thing. It's almost like they're all connected. It's almost like all the bad things are in the same room and you are in the wrong room. You've gone into the haunted house room instead of the treasure chest room, which is over here. And you know, you don't even have to go searching for it. it it's not hard work. God's gonna bring the, like, this is not the, the curse of Oak Island. You don't have to struggle looking for your blessings for 10 years and then get excited because you found one coin. You know, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about God saying, I have a room already filled with your blessings. I have prepared a table before you in the presence of your enemies where your cup shall overflow. All you have to do is take the key, the key, and open that door and walk in. Well, what is the key? The key is making a decision that you are going to love the Lord your God, obey him, and commit yourself fully to him. If you do that, you've turned the key, you are in the room of blessings. Have you ever had this experience? Something good happens to you and then something else good happens, and something else, and something else. You know when you're on the right path, and you know when you're on the wrong path. You know when bad things are spiraling, or good things are coming upon you and overtaking you. Now, remember that I said that these were called, the all the blessings, were called the blessings of Abraham, and all the curses were called the curse of the law. And we got all the blessings if we fully obey the Lord, and we got all the curses if we don't fully obey the Lord. Right, little problem here. Hands up everybody who has fully obeyed the Lord their God throughout your entire life, anybody here? So none of us qualify for the blessings, do we? Ha-ha, that's under the Old Testament. But we live in the New Covenant. And I want you to see what Paul says in Galatians 3.13. He says this, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us so that the blessings of Abraham can come upon the Gentiles, how? 
by faith. Just believe. All you have to do is believe. Have faith in God and he will bring you into the blessings of Abraham. You see, sometimes people, oh, you can't use that passage of Scripture. That's Old Testament. It's passed away. Yeah, the curses have passed away, but the blessings are still here. Christ took all the curse of the law on himself when he died on the cross so that we who believe in Christ can be free from the curse and can walk in the blessings of Abraham. So, Sometime this week, read the whole chapter, Deuteronomy 28, and look at all of the curses there. And as you look at them, see if you can identify with any of them in your life. And then say out loud, Father, I thank you that Christ redeemed me from the curse of the law. Therefore, none of this stuff belongs in my life. Then look at all the blessings all the list of blessings, and you know that you don't deserve them, you know you didn't earn them, you know that you couldn't inherit them, you know all of that, but you know that Christ purchased them for you on the cross, and by faith, you can receive the promises of God. So all the blessings, all the promises of God that are in the Old Testament, that are anywhere in the Bible actually, belong to those of us who are in Christ Jesus. Okay, let's have a look here. Let's put the next, my next slide up. Book of James says this, don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Like me saying all this stuff is not going to do anything to you. It said you have to believe, right, by faith. So you have a part to play in this. Don't just listen to God's word. Do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to his word and don't obey it, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. Now, I want to pause here. Because I'm talking today about the blessings of God and about the promises of God and how by faith we can claim God's promises, his blessings, his promise of answered prayer, his promise of forgiveness of sins, his promise of healing for our body, his promise of financial provision, his promise of peace of mind, his promise of to, for our families and friends and so on. All of the promises of God, we can claim them by faith. Now, all you have to do is go on the internet, look on YouTube, and you'll find Christians all arguing about the promises of God. You'll find some people say, you can't claim any of, any of the Old Testament promises of God. That was for the Old Testament. But we just read there, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law so that the blessings of Abraham, Old Testament, might come upon the Gentiles, right? Now, preachers very often divide into two kind of groups. There's preachers that are really burdened that people understand the Christian faith, that you believe the right things, that you know who God is and who Jesus Christ is and what God's word teaches, and they really emphasize the doctrines of the Christian faith. Make sure your faith is sound and so on. And then there's another group of preachers. They tend to 
emphasize not what Christians should believe, but how Christians should live, Christian living. And they'll talk about prayer, and they'll talk about the promises of God, and they'll talk about blessings on your marriage and on your family, and it's the blessings and the promises that they talk about. Now, sometimes these two groups of preachers bicker amongst themselves, right? Sometimes the ones over here will say silly things like, yeah, you don't need to study theology, you just need to have faith in God. So what happens is a lot of people have faith in God, but what God and what he's like, they've got no idea, right? And then over here you've got people saying, stop all that claiming the promises, that's just selfish, materialistic Christianity. You need to be sound in doctrine and have everything you believe right. Now, here I am, right? Theologians on the left to me, evangelists on the right, here I am stuck in the middle with you, okay? Because I love sound doctrine. But I don't just want an intellectual faith. I want to walk in the promises and the blessings of God and experience them. Why does it need to be one or the other? In fact, a year or two ago, a Christian documentary came out, and it was basically a group of preachers from this side criticizing the preachers from that side. They're wrong about this, that, and the next thing. And people asked me about it. What do you think? And I'm like, well, actually, I like quite a lot of the things that these guys say. But see, the guys are criticizing. I like these guys too. And, but there was one scene in it where a guy who I like over here said, yes, we need to stop claiming the promises of the Old Testament. You need to stop seeing yourself in the Bible. You know, David killed Goliath and preachers preach, stand against your Goliath. No, you can't do that, he said. You're not Goliath. You shouldn't see your, sorry, you're not David. You shouldn't see yourself in the Bible. You're not David. According to Jesus, I'm greater than David because John the Baptist, Jesus said, was the greatest prophet of the old covenant, but he who is the least in the kingdom of God is greater than John the Baptist, right? But also, stop seeing yourself in Scripture. Really? Reading scripture is like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself. When I am reading scripture, the Holy Spirit is at work and I see myself. When I've failed, when I've sinned, when I've let God down, I open the Bible and I read about Judas and Peter and all kinds of people and I think, oh my goodness, that's me. I need to get my heart right before God. Then at other times I open the Bible and I see people like David or Abraham or John or somebody in the Bible who is praying in faith and is being blessed by God. And I say, that's me too. That's me too. In Adam, I see myself in Adam lost, but then I see myself in Christ, an heir of God, a joint heir with Jesus Christ, an heir to all of the promises of God. The Bible says here that we should see ourselves uh, in the scriptures. 
And we shouldn't walk away and forget ourselves because if we look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. You should see yourself there. Look, look at what the next verse says as well. It says here in Pro, uh, Romans, Romans 5.4, Paul's talking about the Old Testament, and he says all the things written in the Old Testament, uh, they were written there long ago to teach us. The Scriptures give us hope and encouragement as we wait patiently for God's promises to be fulfilled. You know, I'm facing a difficulty in life. There's some problem. It seems insurmountable. And I'm flicking through the Bible. And, and all of a sudden, the Scriptures give me hope and encouragement. And I think, my goodness, if David could take out Goliath with a stone, then I can take out this problem with the name of Jesus. Maybe I come to a situation in my life where I've been working towards things for a while and it now feels like I'm at a dead end. There's a wall before me. I can't get through it. And I'm reading the scriptures and I get encouragement and I get hope. And I say, if God could part the Red Sea for the children of Israel, he will make a way for me where there seems to be no way. God has never changed. He's still the same today. Look at the next one. It says here, now you know this one, this is a very well-known verse of scripture. There's so many songs about it. We even sang a song today that has this in it. Now look at this, God has made a great many promises. But don't you dare think that any of them belong to you? Who do you think you are, David or something? Is that what God says? God has made a great many promises. You think of them. We read a bunch of them today. Promises on your health. Promises on your wealth. Promises in your family. Promises for your career. Most importantly, promises for your relationship with God and your walk with him. All kinds of promises. There's promises he gave to Abraham. There's promises he gave to Moses. There's promises he gave to the children of Israel. There's promises he gave to the prophet Isaiah. There's promises he gave to John and Luke and Matthew. There's promises he gave to Paul. I don't care where those promises are. They might be in the book of Genesis. They might be in the book of Revelation. They might be somewhere in between. But look at this. God has made a great many promises. Which ones can I claim? Which ones belong to me? Which ones can I pray for? All of them. Every stinking last one belongs to you, church. They are all yes. You will not find a promise in Scripture. Praise the Lord, O oh my soul. Forget not all his benefits. He forgives all my sins and heals all my disease. Does that apply to me? I wonder if that's for me. Maybe God would say yes to you, but no to me. Uh-uh. They are all, shout the word out. 
Yes, because of what Christ has done, because Jesus died on the cross for you, because He brought you back into a relationship with God, and because He took all the curse away, every promise God has made belongs to you because of what Christ has done. So, because we are now in Christ, we say what? What do we say? We don't say, I wonder, could it be? Does God love me enough? Maybe I don't have, you don't say any of that. We say, amen. So be it. It is done. It is accomplished. I believe it and I receive it to those promises. See when you walk in the promises this year, see when you enjoy greater peace of mind, greater happiness in your home, a new career path, more financial provision, healing in your body. See when you walk in that this year, that's not just a selfish thing. I want all the blessings. That's not what it is. That actually brings glory to God. Do not miss a single blessing that Christ gave his life for. He has paid for it. He has paid for it in full. And he is now saying all of God's promises belong to you if you belong to Christ. And all you have to do is name them and claim them and say amen to them. They will be mine. Let's stand together, church. Come on, let's stand together. We're going to say a prayer together now. Are we ready? Are we ready? Stretch yourself. Put your hands up high. Get a little bit of energy in you, you know? If the Oilers just won, you wouldn't be standing there saying, hurry. Jesus went face to face against the powers of darkness and totally and completely defeated them. He has won. We have won. We're in Christ. We're going to receive our blessings. Amen, church. Let's say together, right here and right now, I come before God in faith and I claim all the promises He has given me in Christ. I decide all year long I will walk in the blessings of God on my health and wealth my mind and thoughts, my emotions and feelings, my family and friends, my career and my ministry. I shall be blessed. I will stay blessed. And I will be a blessing to others.
I believe it. I receive it. And in 2021, I will achieve it. In Jesus' name, amen. If you believe it, give them a shout, church. Come on.